excited about this morning. I'm really excited about tonight. Tonight I'm going to share with you, I'm going to give you a whole new thought about the Bible and how we look at it, how we see it. We're going to ask about what about all the places it seems to contradict itself? What about the ways in which it seems to say one thing? What about the times when God seems to say that genocide's perfectly all right? And what, what about all those things in it that make you go, if you think anyway, they make you go, really? That's what God's like? But there's a way to see it that actually makes sense to a thinking person, if that makes sense. I know you're all thinking people, but you've also been a little bit indoctrinated somewhere in a bad way, which isn't helpful when you talk to people who, who have never seen it before. So anyway, I'm very excited about that. If you can be with us, we're going to look at all sorts of things and just perhaps give some new insights on how to read it and how it can come alive to you in different ways. Because it is an incredibly beautiful, wonderful book. And let's start by reading from this book by 2 Corinthians of chapter 5. We are going to keep talking about being an ambassador. And in particular, we're going to talk about celebrating difference. Because of course, an ambassador, we've been talking about this, an ambassador goes from a, from a home country to a host country. And when he's in that host country, things are very different for him or her. Because they're out of their own culture, they're out of their own environment, maybe they're out of their own climate. So an ambassador lives and works in difference. But for that ambassador to succeed, they have to see that difference in a particular sort of way. So it says this, From now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anybody is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. I've read this passage so many times, but recently I just get there's so much richness in this thing. It's amazing. And the key to it is this, look. You have the opportunity to be reconciled to Jesus. And that's for everybody because God is not counting your sins. That's those things that, you've, that hurt people and hurt you. God is not counting that against you. He's not looking up from above going, oh, dearie me, I'm counting all these things up you've done wrong. That's not God at all. God is simply not like that. Instead, God is all about reconciling you to himself. In fact, we could say this, that actually the Christian faith, if you've got that next one, Josh, is this. It's about restoring people to their original design as lovers of Jesus Lovers of themselves and lovers of other people. That's really what Christianity is all about. Um, it's not about getting it right. It's not even about making sure you make all the right choices. But actually, it's about restoration, which will involve making right choices. But it's all about restoration, which really means just bringing people back together. But this morning, I want to focus on those first lines. From now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. We regard no, and it means we kind of we form our estimate, an opinion, we judge, we're influenced by. In other words, how we see people is different. Because most people make a judgment about other people. In fact, you make judgments about other people. You judge them based on how they look, you judge them based on where they live, you judge them based on their job, on their income, on the car they drive, on their hair. You make all sorts of judgments about people because you are a human person. But actually, according to Paul, 
There is a worldly point of view, which is all what I just said. And then there's a different way I do it. There's a different way I see people. Very often we see people through eyes of judgment rather than eyes of love. That's the reality. And these eyes of judgment often reflect our own insecurities and fears which we project onto those around us. So most people's judgments of you are not really judgments about you. They're a reflection of their own internal things they've got going on. So they, they, don't, they can't say well done to you because they don't think they've done very well. They can't say you're beautiful because they don't themselves think you are beautiful. They can't serve you because they themselves don't know how to serve. So every, every judgment that comes on you, because you know sometimes you feel it, don't you? You kind of feel it from people. You know the, the way they look at you, the way they talk about you, or don't talk about you. You kind of you feel it somehow. Well, that is judging people, regarding people from a worldly point of view. But there's a whole other way to see people. And then Paul goes on in that passage to reference what God has done in creating us anew. But the truth is, of course, that it's not just those people who, who say they know Jesus or might say they're a Christian. Actually, this is for everybody. When I'm talking about celebrating difference and seeing people in different ways, this is everybody on the face of the earth. Because he loves everybody on the face of the earth. And everybody on the face of the earth is just the same, even though they're all different. That's the, the reality. And if we are to be God's ambassadors, and we are sent to bring a message in heart of the king which is all about reconciliation, then of course we best learn to see people as he sees them. Which is different. Which is also wonderful. It's also wonderful. I'm not sure whether you've noticed, but, but everybody is a little bit different. I know you'd often like them to be like you when you think that would be wonderful, but in truth it would not be wonderful if they were like you. I know you think life would be easier if they were all like you, and maybe it would be, but you would get a very narrow view of what creation and, in fact, God was like. But you see, from early on, God wanted his people to be able to discern difference. He says this in Ezekiel 44, verse 23. So this is, this is long ago in the story. The Bible, really, it's a story of a group of people and their journey towards understanding God and who he is. And early on in the story... God says this, I, I want you to, and he's talking about the priests, the kind of pastors of the time, that to teach my people the difference between the holy and the common and show them how to distinguish between the unclean and the clean. So at this point in the story, in the journey, God wants his people to understand there are some things that what he calls holy and some things that he calls common. Because he wants people to understand the difference, primarily at this point in the story, the difference between himself and them. That's what he's trying to get at at this point in the story. There were clean things and there were unclean things, and he gave people the job to teach people about that. And we could say the difference between God, God things and non-God things are good things and not good things because God is automatically good. But of course, the most important thing to understand is this. God is different to you. And I know you go, yeah, yeah, no, no, but really, he really is different to you. Of course, you are made in his image, and you are probably much more like him than you think. But you are not him, and you will never be him. Although you know more about him than you used to, you still don't know a lot about him. Of course, you are a new creation. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are a son of God. You are all that, but you are not him. And if you begin to think you are him, and begin to take the glory for yourself, you come in for a bit of a big shock. Because he's bigger, greater, deeper, and more wonderful than you 
could ever imagine. And of course, he wants you to know him. But no matter how much you see him and know him, how much you hear him and feel close to him, even though he might be your very best friend, he is also master and king and ruler and majestic and awesome. As well as him being saviour and lord and friend. He's different. He's holy, as we were singing. That doesn't mean he's snotty or religious or stuck up. I don't know what snuck up meant. It means he's set apart. It means he's most wonderful. He's not really like anybody else. And actually, you... Let's just go to that next slide, Josh. You see, he created us in his image. And then we seem to have returned the favor and created him in our image. So he created us in his image. In other words, when he created you, he put something of himself inside you. And the reason there's seven billion people on the planet that are all different is because it takes that many people to fully represent what God's like. Not really. It takes that many people. And, and sometimes I think the reason the population is growing is because God's like, I still haven't managed to express myself. There's still more of me to show. But we created, he created us in our image and then we kind of returned the favor and went, oh yeah, God's like this. Except we are not, we are not quite his image. We're a bit different because we don't get everything right all the time. We make mistakes, we get things wrong and he never does that. So a lot of time we, we go, well, God must be like this because this is how I think. Oh, oh God can't possibly love that person because I don't think I ever could. Okay, well, stop right there. God can't possibly do that because that's impossible in my head. Okay, yeah, but your head's a bit smaller than God's. Your brain's a bit littler than Jesus'. It's not big enough. You see what I mean about we recreate him in our means? We look and we go, oh, no, I, don't, I don't think so. Yeah, but this is God we're talking about. The most greatest, majestic, incredible, amazing being ever. He's like the best of everything you've ever seen, ever witnessed, ever had. He's the most wonderful, he's one of a kind, fully beautiful, fully perfected, full of love and compassion and truth all at the same time. He's more beautiful than the most beautiful of creation you will ever behold. Whatever the most beautiful thing you have ever seen is, is way more beautiful than that. Whatever the most awesome, impressive thing you've ever seen is way more impressive and awesome than that. His beauty and majesty can make you cry, laugh and dance all at the same time. So, originally, God went, okay, at this point in the story, I want you to understand, I want you to learn the difference because there's, there's some things that are not healthy and some things that are healthy, and I want you to know the difference. Now, since Jesus came, it's clear to me from this Bible, there's no longer common and holy and clean and unclean. The lines are not quite as clear, although there are still some lines. But Paul writes to Timothy and he says this. Have you got it there, Josh? Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. So first of all in the story, it's like, no, no, there's some things you can't do, some things you can do. Don't do this, do this. No. And then he goes, actually, I've given you everything to enjoy. But of course, there's a right way to enjoy everything. So everything's to be enjoyed. But there's just now a right way to enjoy everything. Because some things become unenjoyable if you experience them in the wrong way. Or too much of them. 
You see, this is where knowing the difference comes in. Because although everything is available to enjoy, there's a right way to enjoy it. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 23. Paul here is writing to a, a group of people in a place called Corinth. And he's talking that they've got freedom and they've got liberty and Jesus has done all this for them. And then they say this to him. They say, well, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. So, of course, you have freedom now, but you've got to learn the difference. The difference between what's beneficial and what's constructive and what's not beneficial and what's destructive. Because some things are destructive and some things are constructive. Some things are beneficial, some things are not beneficial. And that's why we've got to learn the difference. And as you come to know Jesus more and more, you understand this truth more and more in more areas of your life. You understand the truth of it in your relationships, where you choose to spend your time, what you choose to read, who you choose to be with, what you choose to watch. You understand it because you realise that some things are healthy, some things are not. And when you choose to do unhealthy things, it generally doesn't go well. That's what unhealthy means. You'll be learning the difference. You can eat anything you want, but not everything does you good. You're free to eat anything you want. But if you live every day on McDonald's, eventually your body will shut down. As, did you see the report about that? I think he had fish and chips every day for like three years and literally his body shut down. And that's what he had every day, the poor bloke. So there are some things that are beneficial. Probably want Murgatroyds. If it had been Murgatroyds, it would have been all right, wouldn't it? But you see the point. Everything's, God's not like you can't do this, you can't do that. He's just going, but learn the difference. Because some things are good for you and some things are not. And in his, in his, in his desire and delight for you, he's like, okay, you can, you can enjoy this world I've created, but learn to spot the difference. Jesus was and is the difference. And he knew the difference. Jesus knew that he was born a, a son of man. That means that when he walked the earth, it says he gave up all his heavenly privileges. So when he walked the man, he was an actual man. He got hungry, he got thirsty, he felt all the things you feel. He was a man. But he was also born of God who became fully conscious of the person he really truly was and is. And of course, that's really your task, to become fully conscious of the person you really are in him. And for that part of you, to become greater and stronger than the kind of soulish, earthly part of you, which Jesus never denied. Jesus never pretended that he didn't have an earthly, kind of soulish part but more and more he realized that there was this part and there was this part, and this part grew. He says by the age of 12 he was full of wisdom and truth and grace. So this part grew, which meant all the choices he made were all healthy choices, which affected not just him, but everybody around him. Jesus knew the difference in himself, and he knew the difference he could make. The question, of course, is do you? Do you know the positive difference in you and the difference you can make on the earth. Because when you know you dip, say, I know, one of my differences is this. I can take this book that seems complicated and you go, that's really easy to understand now. That's my difference. Which is why I don't, I don't care that I spent six hours in Doha Airport preparing for tonight when I could have been resting because I love it. This is what I was born to do. It's not a problem. This is my difference. So I'm going to invest in my difference. I love it. I feel energized by it. I feel better stood here than I did sat down there. Why? Because this is my difference. And when you operate in your difference, you get filled up. 
to operate. I love it. No, but you've got to know what your difference is as well. And then you've got to move into that difference. The amount of time, money, energy I have spent honing this difference. Reading, writing, learning, listening, watching. How to communicate, how to share, how to get messages across. Oh, how to structure things. Hours and hours and hours I've spent honing my difference. And it still needs to be honed some more. I know, I still talk too quickly. I know, I know, I know. I get too excited. But listen, when we talk about differences, I'm talking about your positive difference. Stubbornness is not a difference to be celebrated. Fear is not a difference to be celebrated. Greed is not a difference to be celebrated, nor is selfishness nor harshness. They are not differences to be celebrated. But your positive difference. First, you've got to discover it. And then you've got to discover how to use it. It's all right knowing what your difference is, but then you've got to discover how you actually use it. And sometimes it takes a while for us to discover our difference. It takes a while. But in order to discover your difference and see your difference, you'll need wisdom. Because wisdom gives you the ability to recognize difference. Difference in a moment, difference in a person, difference in an opportunity. You see, your difference is the entry point for your future. Your difference is why you were put on the face of the earth. That's the reality. Your difference is why you were put on the face of the earth. Which is why you have to spend some time and energy seeking it out. God knows what it is, but you have to discover it. It says in Colossians 3, your life is hidden in Christ. Everything about your life is hidden in Jesus, and if you ask him, he'll tell you about it. Everything about your purpose, your difference, your direction, where you're meant to go, how you're meant to do it, it's all hidden in him. You've just got to talk to him. Why? Why do we have to talk to him? Why don't you just tell us? Because he wants a relationship. Because he's more bothered about the conversation than he is anything else. He's more bothered about you spending time with him. And sadly, sometimes he has to kind of set up in such a way that we're forced to go to him. Because we don't always do it naturally. And it's not about age. That's not important. You might be 50, 60, 70, 80 and just finding your difference. That's okay. It took Moses till he was 40 and then another 40 years to work out how to use his difference. He says this in Acts 7.22. Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action, which tells you that education doesn't necessarily mean you find your difference. You can have all the degrees in the world and not know what your difference is. He was educating all the wisdom of the Egyptians, who at the time were the superpower of the world. Knew everything, could, could go, completely the superpower, educated in all that, and until he visited his own people, the Israelites, and saw one of them being mistreated by an Egyptian, he didn't know what his difference was. But when he went to see him, and it says that he went to his defense and avenged him by killing the Egyptian. So Moses, it, he goes, okay, I've got to go see my people, because the story of Moses is that at a very young age he got uh, adopted, I suppose, by the Egyptian princess. And at 40 years old he goes, I'm going to go see what's going on with my people. So he wanders down the road to go see what's going on, sees one of his people being whipped, beaten, abused. Suddenly something comes alive in his heart. So he has this sense of injustice, this sense of wrongdoing that he's never felt before. Something happens in him and he goes, oh, that's not right. He suddenly realises something's not right. And it overtakes him to the point of him actually killing somebody. Well, that wasn't quite the right thing to do at that time. But he just worked out his difference. But he hadn't worked out how to use his difference. 
So then he spent 40 years with God teaching him, this is what it means for you. Yes, it's wonderful. You have a heart for your people. And you're going to lead your people. You're going to be an incredible person leading your people out of slavery. But I want to teach you how to do that first. Some of you have a passion for certain groups of people. The poor, the bereaved, the lonely, the indebted, the young, the ill. That can be your difference. Just a heart for certain people. Or it can be a heart just for people. You know your difference when you know your passion, music, technology, flying, clothing, health, cooking, children, the elderly, teaching, caring. Who knows what it might be? But your difference is what makes you unique. And you realize that God created every single person on the earth unique. Your DNA is unique to you. Out of all the billions of people on the planet, your DNA is completely unique to you. Unless you're an identical twin, in which case your fingerprint is still different. You are unlike anybody else on the face of the earth. Josh, there really is no one else like you, which begs the question, why do we spend so much time trying to be like everybody else? (laughs) You were designed to be different. You were created to be different. You were meant to be different. I always think of it, you know, everybody is on the earth to solve a problem. And if you try and be somebody else, there's a problem that can't be solved because you're not there. And then we fall into this ridiculous comparison trap where we compare ourselves with everybody else all the time. This is what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We do not dare classify ourselves or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. Well, there's a chuffing load of unwise people around, isn't there? I've been there, done that all the time. But then I understood Adam, there's there's no such thing as better or worse. There's just different. There's just different. It's not about they're better than me. No, you're different. They can do this better than me. Okay, well, they're different. Celebrate it. Work out what you're really good at and then go do it. And of course, even when you work out what you're good at, there'll always be somebody better at it than you because you've got to learn off somebody. So even when you work out your difference then it's wonderful that there's somebody who can do it better than you because you can learn off them. You can take everything that they've got and suck it all up and go, great, I want to learn off them. I want to learn who they are because I want to I be the best different I can be. Yeah. And if you recognize you are unique in that beautiful way that you are, you can stop comparing yourself to everybody else. You see, there's no one else like you on the face of the earth, which is why comparing yourself never works. You'll always come off worse because you are different. But that's what makes you special. That's what makes you wonderfully special. Your difference is key to your success. But more than that, your difference is key to somebody else's success as well. Because we need one another. Ian jokes, and I did laugh at his prophetic insight. Um, But I was thankful he was with us and he'd be able to see into the future very well. But, But Ian's different. And Paul's different. And I'm different. And it wouldn't have worked with just two of us. Well, it would have worked, but it wouldn't have been as good. It wouldn't have been as good. It wouldn't have been able to express what we expressed, not just in, in what we said, but just in how we are and how we interacted and how we work together. And It just wouldn't have been as good. I mean, I'd love to take you all, but you'd have to fork out for your flights and your hotels. So.
Your difference is what someone else needs. And you need someone else's difference. Every healthy relationship is built around difference. Think about it. Every healthy relationship is built around difference. Faye and I are hugely different. Hugely different. Which is why it works so well. Because we've learned to just accept one another's differences, celebrate them, and release one another in a way. Of course, that's not always easy, but actually the reality is that when you learn to see, appreciate, and release each other, release each other into your differences, it flows. But when you try and do what somebody else is good at because your own insecurities, it just falls apart. When I try and direct us through leads, we fight because I'm used to saying When I just say, oh, you drive, love, I'm just going to say, we have a nice time. <laughs> it's just how it is. It annoys me that I can't direct myself through leads, but after eight years of trying to prove I can do it, I realize I can't, so why bother? Just stop. <laughs> Celebrate somebody else's difference. I had to use my sat now for about three years to get to Eden. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I don't need it anymore, mate. I get to your house now. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's just up road. But there's a few different roads. But you see, you see that that's what it's at, though. It's okay not being good at everything. Because you are really good at something. Stop worrying about those things you're not brilliant at and find somebody else who is good at it. Or find an app on your phone that helps you, in my case. And just, it's okay. You've just got to go, it's okay. Settle. It's all right. You need people. I think I'm, is that there, Josh? You need people who are different to you to make the difference you were created to make, and they need you. Which means you'll need to learn to make friends with those people who are different. You'll need to learn how to communicate with those who are different. How to work together with those who are different. That's where it hits the road, you see. Jesus was able to meet, communicate and connect with people who were completely and utterly different to him. He dealt with the angry ones, the blind ones, the deaf ones, the lame ones, the fearful ones, the I know everything ones, the I've got it all together ones, the accusers, the critics, the traitors. He could deal with them all. And connect with them all. And minister to them all. They were different to him. But because he knew his difference, I don't think he was threatened by him. Because he knew his difference, and he knew who he was, he could interact with anybody and everybody. He made space for them, made room for them. And not just to tolerate them, which is what we do, but to actually celebrate them for who they were. You see, we think we're doing well if we can tolerate people. Oh, so-and-so's coming, but it'll be all right, I'll cope. <laughs> Did you have to invite so-and-so? Okay. We'll manage. No, but come on, we've got to hold ourselves to a higher category than that, don't we? Eh? Jesus doesn't just tolerate you. He doesn't go, oh, flipping heck. Got to spend some time with that lot, so he'll see this morning. Pray for me, pray for me, Father. He's not like that, is he? We're like that, but he's not like that. You see, if you don't discern the law of difference and you don't learn how to discern, you actually lose the opportunity to minister for God because he sees all the difference and celebrates all the difference. And when we understand his difference and we begin to see and understand the difference of those around us, we begin to help them see their difference and make room for another, we come into this beautiful place 
And we're, we're doing all right. We're not, it's not like we're doing badly. We're doing all right. But I just think there's more to go. There's more to go. Celebrating one another. Just going, okay, that's wonderful. And it's a beautiful thing. When you come to this greater place of celebrating, it just, it just brings you a great peace because you're just able to go, oh, it's fantastic. Look at that person. They're doing a great job. You realise that you just, you might have a go, but really you'd be completely useless at it. Or you might be all right at it, but it doesn't really matter. The fact is that you learn to enjoy other people's difference. Not being intimidated by it or threatened by it, but actually enjoy it. <coughs> and receive it in the sure and certain knowledge that your difference is of equal value. That's the key, you see. It's of equal value. There's no better or worse, it's just different. Your difference is worth a lot. My difference is worth a lot. All our differences are worth the same. And when all our differences come together and we celebrate those differences, you have a beautiful, incredible thing going on. Your difference is more important than your weakness. Focus on your difference. Invest in it, hone in on it, specialize in it. And remember, you are not to tolerate difference. You're meant to celebrate. Just have, and I want you... You know, this week, just think, what might it mean? You know, that person who just really does your head in, who you think you're doing well because you're tolerating them, how could you celebrate them? That person that is at work or wherever, that you're going, oh, my Lord, I've got to see them again on Monday morning. It's all right. We all do it because we're all human. And I've been there, so it's okay. But actually, okay, what could you do to celebrate them? What could you do to just thank them because they're different? What positive difference could you find in them that you could just go, I just want to say thank you because your difference is wonderful. You see, if you move, when you do that and you move in faith, it, it'll affect you and it'll change you. And it's a beautiful, wonderful thing. And as an ambassador, you know, no ambassador just goes to their own people. No ambassador just goes to people who are like them. They actually go to totally different places. And you are sent to anybody and everybody. And I realized... At the end of the conference, we were praying for a few people and uh, I realized how much God values difference afresh. When this person shared something with me about a difference, he, he was a bit different and he shared something. And then he shared how when he shared this difference, somebody had kind of just shut him down, blocked him, refused him. And I went, I went away angry, actually. And I went away upset for the pain that this young man had been caused. Because instead of celebrating him, somebody just shut him down. And I realized that there is nothing in the heart of God that does that. And I felt, I felt this kind of, hopefully it was a righteous anger that was like, it's just so wrong, that thing. It cannot be right. But it's the same. I know some of you were felt judged when you were different. Some of you have felt rejected when you were different. Some of you perhaps even feel, even now, that you are that. But I want to tell you, the God of heaven loves your difference. He loves you, and he loves your difference. And in heaven, your difference is celebrated. And more and more on the earth, in this household, it will be celebrated. And we will celebrate each other's differences. Because in doing so, we will reflect more and more and more the heart of the Father. Amen. Amen. Shall we pray? Thank you, Lord. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord.
We want to thank you, Lord, that you made each of us different. And Lord, we, we, we want to say sorry, Jesus, when we have, when we have judged other people's differences, when we have uh, only just managed to tolerate it. Father, we are sorry. We want to hold ourselves to a higher level than that, Father. We want to be a people who celebrate one another, Father, who celebrate difference, who celebrate all the different gifts and talents and abilities, Father, that you've put on the face of the earth. And Father, we ask, Lord, that you would give us eyes to see, Lord, eyes to see through your eyes of love, Father, Help us, Father, pick out those positive differences in people, Lord, and be able to celebrate them and speak to people about them, to thank people for them, Father, for the difference they bring and the difference they are and the difference they make. And Father, I ask as well, Lord, if, if, there, is, if there are those of us here who's, who have suffered because of their difference, Father, when people have spoken to them or perhaps they've even been judged or, or acted in certain ways, Father, I pray that that pain that sits in their heart, Father, that you would heal it in the name of Jesus. That you would speak peace and life into our hearts, Father. And that we would know your heart that celebrates each and every one of us and all our unique and quirks and everything, Father. I want to thank you for your heart for us. In the beautiful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.